Tell me, do we have time for another number? Oh, I think so, Jimmy. What tune do you have in mind? listeners to another episode of drinking matters my name is brian and with me a returning guest chris thank you so much for coming back on the podcast chris of course of course glad to be here man all right before we start i just gotta say chris you've gotten probably the most compliments in terms of like good controversial topics discussed which is kind of weird because I remember that the, the episode that you came on, I've had a couple listeners say like, oh, yeah, this is a great episode. You guys actually spoke really well about this, like, very controversial stuff. But you guys should argue more. Like, say stuff that, like, would, like, instigate, like, more of a conversation. And I told them, like, you know what? Honestly, it was a surprise because I brought Chris along because I thought we were going to bicker. In the end, we ended up being friends, which is, like, weird. But yeah, dude, I don't know. Like we, when you came on, it like people liked it, which is really good. How does that make you feel, Chris? I feel I feel all uh, warm inside. A little bit of warm inside. Oh, it's a little, all not that's a, little, a lot of warm. I, oh. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, all that's gonna go away, Chris, today, because today <laughs> <laughs> you told me you were gonna bring your A game, and usually when you say, "Oh, I'm gonna bring my A game into this thing." It basically means that you're going to find some way to piss me off. So I'm expecting that. I'm ready for that. Um, before we go on to our topics, uh, what are we drinking today, Chris? I'm drinking a nice cold mojito. It is very hot outside. A mojito? Yes, sir. Ooh. That, that you know what? I, you know what? That's like a round of applause right there, man. That, that sounds like a good-ass drink. I should have made like a, an Irish mule or something, but I have ginger beer. Um, we're recording pretty, I mean, for me, it's early cause like anything past noon, like around noon, it's kind of like early. So I actually made myself a cup of coffee. Um, but I mean, does it count if it's got like bourbon syrup in there? Cause that's how I sweetened it. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not alcoholic, but it does taste like bourbon. So, I mean, I'm hoping I don't get like yelled at and be like, you called the episode or you called the show drinking matters. And you're drinking coffee? Pfft, what kind of a puss is that, man? But whatever. Well, you're still drinking. What are you? You're drinking this drink. You I can mean, be drinking water. I you mean, can that. go to a bar and get some water. That's it's totally true. Fine. We're not judgmental. That's <laughs> that's one of the major things we're going to be talking about today. We're not we're judging. Not we're not judging the drinks. We're judging the topics. That's what we're going to be doing today. At least Brian is judging you. I'm not. All right. What? Who said I'm judging? I don't judge. I bring people on to discuss. That's the whole point. I don't judge anyone. My topics and my conversations are wholesome. Anything instigated is mainly by you. That's how this is going to end up. Watch. At the end of the episode, this is probably the episode where we're going to fight each other, and you're going to say, we're going to break quarantine. I'm going to kick your ass. I'll be like, sure, Chris, do it. Do it. I dare you. I actually said that moments before this started. <laughs> that's so, actually know, well, brilliant. That's, that's, I, <laughs> that's probably like – that was the greatest thing I've heard today. I'm going to break quarantine just to kick your ass. Like what the hell, dude? <laughs> How can you be mad at someone and break that? Your own health and safety to go kick someone's ass, Chris. Good job. That makes 100% sense. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to the topics. So I brought you along because last time we talked about political – and um, political correctness versus intellect. And I felt like we pretty much went forth with that topic well enough. Uh, it brought a lot of insight and it opened up my eyes, at least, with a lot of different things. Um, and something I thought about in the last week was public health and science illiteracy. And when that topic came to my mind, I immediately thought of you. I was like, oh, well, who could I discuss this with and have, like, a really eye-opening and possibly controversial discussion with? Oh, my friend Chris. Why not invite him to the podcast again? So that's what I want to talk about this week. How do you feel about that, Chris? You ready to jump on the uh, health and science illiteracy? Absolutely. Okay. This seems more like my uh, my background, if anything. Oh, I this mean, is... aren't, you, aren't you also a health science major? Well? I am, yes. So yeah, I studied... I studied the essentially like um, I should know this. I graduated two years ago, and why can't I think of it? Um, like how to teach science or health uh, health to the public using different structures and whatnot. 
So, I mean, I'm kind of a little bit rusty on it. I wouldn't be able to tell you exactly like the different formats and stuff like that. It sounds like it. it sounds like it. Yeah, it does. Well, I've been out of school for like two years and I haven't practiced it. But you know what, Chris? I can probably jump aboard on it within two months and, you know, probably kick your ass with it. So, <laughs> so um, but the one thing that stuck with me during my undergrad studies was how a lot of my professors pretty much kind of like focused on the public's know-hows and literacy concerning health. How do people not know the simple stuff when it comes to their health, like how diabetes works, how they can get it, how it can affect them negatively, how they can live with it, like an example like that pretty much. Um, and then more recently, I started listening to um, Neil deGrasse Tyson's uh, podcast, Star Talk, and he mentioned science illiteracy, uh, pretty much explaining how he feels that most of the public doesn't really know exactly how certain science aspects work. Uh, mainly, more recently right now, uh, how people, there is a small group of people, we're going to say small because it's not, I don't think it's huge, I hope it's not huge, uh, believe that the coronavirus was spread through 5G network. And Oh, that's, it, it's an absolute minority. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, let's hope that it's the absolute minority. But he was talking about how that is a kind of like a, a proof of science, science illiteracy, that people don't understand how it works and where to get the actual information uh, regarding stuff like that. So I think my main question to you right now, Chris, uh, before, or actually before I even ask you this, what was it that you studied? I studied health sciences. You studied? Uh, psychology. Psychology. Uh, okay. Psychology so we've basically licked the rim around this kind of topic. We wouldn't really study it the whole way through, but we know about it a little bit, enough to talk about it, I would say. Correct? Yes. Uh, it, it was about a two-year rim job. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Why did you say it like that? What are you doing? Why did you say it? Because I'm thinking like lick the rim of like a margarita glass. And you have to come in and say that? Chris, are we already starting? We're only like seven minutes in, dude. Come on. (laughs) Don't start with me. (laughs) All right. So uh, we've we've touched on this subject enough that I feel like we can discuss it. But we can clearly have – but we clearly have to say that we're in no ways professionals regarding this. This is all – in regards to just a simple conversation uh, between two people that know enough about the topic to just kind of give their own opinion. So um, if you guys have any, if any listener disagrees with it, you know, feel free to comment. If you're watching this on YouTube or listening to on Spotify, you know, feel free to put some input. We can probably discuss that in future episodes when Chris or another uh, person comes in and helps me out with the podcast. So, I mean, that's always open. This is more of a discussion podcast more than anything. Um, so the question that I want to bring to you, Chris. Oh, hold up, Ben. Yes. I also want to, if, if you guys do want more resources to figure out what is what, uh, we're more than happy to uh, put some put some more information down at the description below or yes. above or on Twitter, wherever you guys need it. For sure. Uh, there's actually a podcast I highly recommend to everyone, other than this one, of course. Uh, it's actually called Sawbones, and it actually goes through multiple different like diseases or any like fact like medical or like science issues and it debunks it so it's actually a doctor and her husband uh-huh. um that um run that podcast and it's really funny but it's also really informative so highly recommend it. it's called Sawbones. that's kind of that's cool i think i've heard of it actually i'll actually you know what i'll put it in the link down below I'll put yes. the link in the description down below. And yeah, Chris, if there's anything anything that you want to link uh, the audience to, feel free to send it my way. I'll put it in the description on YouTube. For so sure. that, that'll be a thing. Um, but the question I wanted to pose to you uh, before we go forward with this conversation is, is there a difference between science and health illiteracy? Or are they one and the same? I'd say it's the same. Um, okay. I mean, science is pretty broad. I mean, we can't necessarily have our health without science even if it's basic like food in our stomach that's science in itself like we are we are keeping ourselves healthy and sane and uh able um because we're putting in food i mean i think that's like super basic fundamental like science that we need we need food we need what not necessarily meat i know there there are probably out there some people who don't necessarily like meat and i uh, i like that uh view but, I mean, we do necessarily need food. We need vegetables. We need fruit. 
to survive. And that is very basic. That's science to our fundamentals. Okay. So I am going to slightly disagree. We're going to start with this. I'm going to slightly disagree with you in this sense that there is a kind of a little bit of a distinction between science and health illiteracy. Science is more broad. So when we think of science, we think of like biology, chemistry. We think of nutritional sciences. We think of health sciences. Uh, we think of physics, all these different things. And so when I hear the term science illiteracy, I usually think of individuals that might not know like the basic steps of how science might work. You know, the creation of a theory, the creation of a hypothesis, experimentation, multiple experimentations to prove the hypothesis, to make it a theory, so on and so forth. Um, something that I can think of immediately is that most of the people I've spoken to don't know that uh, certain things in science are essentially theories and they're not actual factual things um, because at any point they can be proven wrong with some sort of experimentation. So the science community essentially leaves it in this kind of limbo state for essentially an eternity until it can be proven factually correct um, using experimentation. But you know, an example would be uh, the theory of flight. How do airplanes manage to stay up in the air? You know that nothing has necessarily proven it to be 100% correct, right? You Have you heard about that, Chris, or no? Well, yeah, but I mean, it's kind of like, see, that's kind of like a misconception because it's like, with science, the way it approaches things is like, nothing is 100% certain. Exactly. Like, and... For your, yeah, I mean, nothing is 100% certain, but it's pretty much, like, if it's right in front of you, that it, it's probably true. Uh -huh. And that's, like, the basis of it. Like, you can't necessarily, like, math is different, where it's like, oh, well, mathematicians are plus Y yeah. plus Z. Like, that's, it's there. It's set. Mathematicians so science, are crazy. I mean, obviously, science has math in it, so it, it's kind of like, oh, it's there, but it's not. But if it's basically true, like, gravity. Like, I'm sure, like, somewhere along the lines will be like, oh, gravity is this, this, and this, plus all this other stuff we just found out. But gravity is still, it's consistent. It's there. It's stable. That's never really going to change. And this, it's basically the same way with, like, health. Like, there are some, honestly, I feel like there are some things that, like, we won't, we won't ever figure out, like, why it is what it is. But it's still going to be there, and we're still going to try to. And I think that's, that's the main point. Like, try, science is trying. So science the basic foundations is what you're yes. saying. Okay, so the basic yeah. foundations are shared between the two groups. But what I'm trying to say is that when we look it into further detail, science illiteracy is more broad, whereas health illiteracy is more defined. So, again, the example of diabetics, how does it work? What can people do to repress it, to not necessarily feel its full effects and, you know, live a normal life with those? Um, individuals that don't understand pretty much how certain conditions can affect their health, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, present day, wearing a mask in public, how does that prevent the spread of infection? People don't know how to, how that actually is beneficial to the public. They don't know. They just think about themselves. So that's where I make the, the difference between the two. Science is more broad. And when we talk about science illiteracy, we're talking about individuals that don't understand the concepts of how science works or not even how science works but don't understand like the basic premises of it whereas health illiteracy is more defined on like nutritional science and health science and you know medicine and stuff like that what can this do to better or just normalize your life um you know throughout your life i guess you could say does that make any sense at all or are we still in disagreement because i agree with you 10 percent of the way the foundation. I, I agree. With, I, I agree. With, I think I'm also on the ten percent of yours. Um, I think. I think. Honestly, I still think that they're basically the same. But I feel like you're pointing out that science is more like. To be honest, science is full of very big academic words, and it's been criticized for that heavily because the public, the, the who who in the hell wants to read a boring article with hundreds of words that you probably need a dictionary to look up. Because they, they, they're just too advanced. Like, I I just finished my BA, and there are still some things that I read that I was just like, hmm, I don't... <laughs> yeah, it was just really hard for me to, like, understand completely. And I think that's totally fine. Like, it's okay to not understand. But that's the problem. Like, these things need to be more understandable. Science needs to be more understandable and more palatable for the public. You actually bring a fantastic point. 
because that was one of my fields of focus during my BS is the way that you're able to translate um, academic journals to the public without it being so complicated. Uh, one of the things that I noticed was that a lot of, you, you said it, uh, a lot of scientific journals and health journals essentially use these big fancy words and they structure the sentences in a way that's really complicated for a normal individual to understand. Not to say that, you know, normal individuals are bad or anything, but if you're not in that field of focus or you're not necessarily studying it, you're not going to know what they're talking about. You're not going to know why the purpose of the experimentation was done 15 or 20 different times and why the, um, why certain, you know, uh, results ended up being a certain way, so on and so forth. So, and, and why should they care? Like, why uh, should the science the community care? No, why should the public care? Like, why should, if it's super fancy and you have all these words and it, it's, it can get confusing because I've, I've read so many different articles that like, there are obviously serious contributions to science but the public doesn't necessarily know, oh, this is this is why it's important. And most of it is just like smaller smaller bits of important information that fill up a small hole within the large with within the large community. Uh-huh. But it's still important. And I think I think there needs to be a better like a a better explanation on why it's important. Like yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. It does make sense. It, it's just difficult because you're trying to convince a community of academics to assembly, or to essentially simplify their studies to the public. Granted, there's a lot of things that I don't think the public should really care about at the moment. Sure. You know, you're yeah. not – like the public's not going to care about um, string theory, for example. You're not going to simplify, you know – quantum physics and stuff to the general public because why would you need to? It's not a subject that is necessarily like on a need to know basis for everyone. You know, an everyday normal individual that's walking down the street isn't going to be like, you know, have like an epiphany and go like, oh shoot, I should probably be learning about quantum physics right now. So let me pull up this article that's, you know, written in a very simplified way. No, but in terms of stuff that's more relevant to society, uh, for the, like, I'll give you an example in terms of, uh, like a science, um, in terms of sciences, uh, like the 5G networks, right? It's, yeah. I think it's essential for some of the public, or not some of it, but for the public to understand, you know, at least the basis of how, you know, networks work. Because we use networks every single day. We, the internet. Can individuals nowadays work or live without the internet? No. So when terms of trying to explain the basics of networks, and wavelengths and all these other stuff. Sure, why can't? Why isn't there something out there that's made easily accessible to the public so they can be informed about it? If there isn't, then you have these groups of minorities that essentially come out and start saying that coronavirus was caused by 5G, and you have you know this whole rampant of false information that's being spread all over media. Another example that I just thought of: flat earthers. Flat earthers. Yep. How, how do they come into existence? Because the misspread of information and, you know, essentially not providing resources that are simplified for the public. And granted, you can go out there and say, you know, the earth is not flat. It's round. And essentially show them, not prove it correctly, but like show them that the earth is round using evidence that's already out there. But if it's not scientifically, you know, made available in an easy way, how can we show the public that, believes these misconceptions that their ways of thinking are incorrect exactly no absolutely yeah that's that's actually a really amazing point um everything it needs to be like i said palatable for the public and the scientific community i mean it's there to advance us it's supposed to advance us as a civilization it's supposed to make our lives better medically physically and just Everything in every aspect, science is there to enhance the human existence. Mm-hmm. And if we aren't getting educated, I don't think it's those. I mean, flat earthers, obviously, they're wrong. There's hundreds, <laughs> obviously hundreds obviously. of thousands <laughs> of articles that can prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we can't we can't judge. That. We we can do it, obviously we can, um, but we can't be so 
critical on them because at the same time I think it's more of a failure on our education system. Like we failed them. Well, I mean, not us, not as a public, but like teachers, our education system has failed them. So something I want to clarify with that before before you move on a little bit further. Yes, we can blame the education system for not necessarily doing the best it can to encourage these small minorities to essentially think, you know, correctly in terms of, you know, earth being round and whatnot. But no matter how hard we try, and I think that this is something that we have to as a society kind of accept, no matter how hard, you know, individuals may try to essentially get everyone on board the same train, you can't grab everyone. So no matter how hard we can try to educate every individual on this planet to essentially say, look, you can travel one distance, one direction for eternity and never reach the end of the earth, you no matter what you do, these individuals are never going to think the earth is round. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's something that we as a society have to accept. We can't necessarily prove to everyone that the earth is round or that 5G doesn't cause uh, coronavirus or, you know, whatever. But what we can do is make science, science, like, sci what's the word I'm looking for? Research, research. I couldn't think of the word research. God damn it, man. We can make research more accessible to the public by making it more available, easier to read, easier to distribute. And yeah. when it comes to that, my big focus, at least something that I really, really, really 100% believe, is that there should be no excuse why science or why health research is something that is locked behind closed doors with big vocabulary and structures that make no sense to the general public. In terms of health research and health illiteracy, that is my biggest complaint. Science illiteracy yeah. is something that I feel like we can kind of put to the side and, you know, basically try to encourage that community to essentially say, look, if you want to prove that climate change is real, then make all this information and research accessible to the public and make it easier for people to understand so politicians don't have any excuse to say that it's all fake. But when it comes to health and the health community, doctors, nurses, all these different things, nutritionists, all these different people essentially say, oh, well, the public isn't doing this. It's because a lot of this stuff isn't made accessible. And if it's because of funding and whatnot, okay, there are other ways of doing so to encourage it. But there isn't. There really isn't tools and you know things to go out, things out there that essentially make it easier. That's my biggest complaint, at least. Science illiteracy is one thing. Health illiteracy, I feel, is something that's just not out there, readily available for everyone. See, this is again, we're going to disagree here. I think they're one and the same. In a lot of the instances, like with COVID nineteen, uh, science and health are one. Uh, you can see a lot of. It's getting kind of dangerous out there uh, because we're seeing a couple of scientists who are deviating from everyone else saying, oh, it's it's going to be okay. Like, we, I mean, obviously it is going to be okay. Um, but they're saying like, oh, we need to focus on herd immunity. Or they're saying, oh, the scientific community, the, the hospitals, they're labeling people as it's COVID-19 to get more money when they don't actually are, they don't actually die from COVID-19. Um, and there's a lot of like outspoken people from the minority that are being enhanced to the point where they, they, they look like the majority, but they, they're not, they're absolutely not. I want to, I can guarantee you guys that, that they're not. Well, the that's, majority of us that's an idea are, that most people don't get yet is that the loudest group of individuals out there are usually the minority. It's the bully syndrome, essentially. Someone, it's just one person that's essentially trying to bully you into believe that the things that they're saying or the things that they believe are true. But the reality is, it's just one dude trying to act big and tough. These small groups of individual that are basically spreading false information, they're small groups. Honestly, when you look at them, they're tiny, right? Yes. They're they're, yeah. they're nobody. So they're just spreading that's false information. It, it could be dangerous, like. I, Facebook is a very interesting place if you want to get, uh, if you want to use that as a source of information, which I don't, I don't say you should, because that's not a very good, it's, it's not correct. For the most part, it really isn't correct. One of my uh, family members, he was posting this psychologist 
spouting his opinion on COVID-19. First off, he was a psychologist. That is completely out of the field of COVID-19 disease control. Um, and he was saying things like, oh, it's, it's a scam. It's not necessarily true. Uh, it's not killing as many people as they say they are, which is true. It's actually killing more. I want to make that clear. There's more deaths that are actually being than there are actually being recorded for COVID-19. So there's more deaths than than they're being recorded, um, and it, it's so everyone's trying to get this information that fits their their opinion. What they want is correct, and it's in the medical field that's particularly dangerous because politics is still hella dangerous. But with medicine, if you have someone saying, "Oh," Take uh, hydroxychloroquine, I think that's what it's called. It's gonna, it, it helps you fight COVID-19. Not correct. It can, uh, it actually increases your chances of death than anything. And you're, you're taking away that drug from people who actually need it. It's, so the, it's, it's dangerous. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's kind of complicated because when we look at the two spectrums, like when we look at politics and sciences, the two are two separate monsters. They're they're both separate beasts, and I feel like a majority of the public always see as politics as being like the evil angel of society, whereas like sciences is usually the good angel of society. At least that's how I see most people looking at things. Um, politically or administration right now, they're the devils. They're like evil. They're like this evil corporation that mainly just see what they want to see and believe and like money and stuff like that where sciences is good and they know what they're talking about because at the moment with the whole COVID thing, they're the ones that are spreading true information and all this other stuff. The reality... Not to mention they're saving lives. They are. But (laughs) there is a small bit of reality when it comes to that community that at least I feel they're not structurally well off as most people think. There is a lot of infighting inside that community. And it comes in. It comes in. Um, it comes in terms of the illiteracy portion of it. There is a community out there in medicine and in sciences that essentially say, "Why should we simplify our journals and our research for the public when the public should be coming up to our level to understand what we're talking about?" And then there's another community that says, "Look, the public's never going to reach that level of literacy. How about you just simplify it?" and tell them what the actual facts are from what we found in our research and experimentation so that the public can then start to understand why it is that we're spreading this information. That exists in that community. And I've seen it firsthand, especially in my undergrad, because I've had professors that essentially say like, no, you guys need to write your journals and your stuff all in this format, and it needs to be structured this way. Now it needs to be understood by me because I want to make sure that all of this is correct and that you guys are using you know, big words and stuff like that and if you try to simplify it, automatically lower grade. I get it. Yes. You know, as you know, individuals that are trying to get into the field, you want to try to enhance your vocabulary and you want to try to understand how to actually properly stru- uh, structure a journal. Perfectly understandable. But it's also important to not lose track of the simplification so that way your research and your experimentation can go to the public out there and make it something that most people can read. Yeah. I feel like the public just doesn't know about that. They look at the CDC and World Health Organization, and they see them as nothing but good people. The reality is it isn't. World Health Organization – I can't even speak on that one. World Health <laughs> Organization, they've been shown to essentially be manipulated by politics. It's just that most people don't want to see it. So there is a little bit of you know negativity that we need to call out within that community. Mm. Mm. What I do you mean, mean? I, I don't, I, no, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I've never really even, see, I was part of the, pub, the, the public, where I just thought that they were good people, and I was just kind of like, eh, like, okay, we'll let them do what they, do. I've actually never heard of that, so I, I, I can't speak much about that, but at the same time, I'm also like, should we even be talking about this during this pandemic, because if we have listeners who are already on edge, and then who are, who are also like, at the end of the day, who are like, Oh, fuck the World Health Organization. I don't think we're necessarily doing our jobs if we're talking poorly about the World Health Organization. No. It's not about it's not about talking bad per se, but it's more along the lines of like educating individuals that there are more sources out there that are factually correct 
and beneficial. Where in because most people forget that they can have their own ways of handling things correctly. Not everything needs to be gathered by one source. So when yeah. it comes and that's how you build literacy when it comes to like sciences and health. You're not getting your whole health there. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. What is the one source of information that's memed and joked about constantly when people try to look up their symptoms online? Uh, WebMD. WebMD. The one source that everyone jokes about constantly whenever they try to Google their symptoms. I have cough, runny nose, and my body hurts. Stage 3 cancer. And they joke about it. But you got to realize that the joke comes from the fact that most people just Google their symptoms and the first result they see is the thing that they go for. People need to learn that there are multiple good sources out there that they can cross-reference to find what the solutions are. And that's what builds literacy in that community. If you don't, then what kind of literacy are we building for the community? True. Um, I, I agree with you in general with that, but I know the CDC and, and the World Health Organization, they were made for like end of world times, like information, like they're, they're there to be like the last defense of information. Uh -huh. So like, like if the internet goes down, we have, I mean, libraries are clearly closed, so no one can get, have access to that information. Uh, internet's down. All we have are like radio waves. So. I mean, at the end of the day, CDC and the World Health Organization are there to keep us informed of what's happening, especially for like, especially with during this pandemic. Like, they're there to offer us real information in real time for what's going on. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I get, I, I think resource like having multiple sources is absolutely like you should be doing that. Absolutely, like you should have multiple news outlets on your phone you should have multiple sources of information coming at you regardless but at the same time like world health organization and cdc like they're honestly they're, they're our shining light like that's it like they, they should be there for the end time 100 percent true that 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 is true they should they should keyword should but let me give you let me give you some background as to like what I think about who and pretty much some little things that I like a concept, a, a thing that I that they did that I disagree with. OK, so you being a psychology major, let me pose this question to you. Do you believe that video game addiction is an actual thing? Yes, you do. OK, yes. So do you feel that it's something that needs to be labeled now if there aren't enough studies? out there no okay so the reason i ask you that question is because this happened a couple months ago i want to see in 2019 i'd actually have to look it up to see when um but who essentially came out and labeled video game addiction as an actual addiction they didn't necessarily pose a lot of you know experimentations or you know they didn't necessarily publicize that they were looking deeper into it they simply said that by a certain year, they're going to label video game addiction as an actual addiction. And the whole purpose of it was essentially to increase funding for rehabilitation centers uh, to admit individuals who are facing video game addiction. And it was basically pushed around a lot um, because of Fortnite and other video okay. games of that genre where people were like, – because remember, a couple months ago, that was the big headline for a lot of video game news. It was individuals yeah. are losing a lot of money or a lot of time in Fortnite. And I remember seeing articles and headlines where it's like, man gets divorced from wife because he spent 16 hours one day playing Fortnite. Like, stuff like that. And so that kind of, in my, from what I saw, as a normal individual of the public, those headlines essentially kind of pushed the way for who to essentially come out and say, yes, video game addiction is an actual thing that we need to look into. And so that will basically increase funding and different programs for rehabilitation centers to essentially just, you know, encourage these individuals to come in and seek help if they find themselves addicted to video games. Here's my thought on this whole thing, and then I'll let you put your thought afterwards. I disagree with that. 
I do think that there is a form of addiction when it comes to video games, but there isn't enough for an organization to come out and simply say, yes, so we can go ahead and start funding and building these programs to cure it. I think that there needs to be more research done. A lot of the research that I looked up never showed any levels of um, brain chemistry or you know, experimentation that was done in long periods of time following a group of individuals and seeing how they, uh, how often they play video games, uh, their behavioral changes, uh, their everyday living situations, how they are, none of that. There are very few studies. So with that in mind, why is who coming in and putting a label on that already? That just causes bigger illiteracy from the public because they now are left to assume, well, who with this? who is this almighty organization they're saying this is true, so it must be true, right? Yeah, there was, yeah. So, I mean, do you, like, what do you think about this whole thing? No, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, uh, this is news to me. Um, but it sounds like they're, like, I mean, it's there. Video game addiction is there, but obviously there should be more research done on it before you can say, like, before, like, someone like them, like, an organization like that should publicize something like that, you mm -hmm. know? Like, there's a general addiction for anything, any, most anything you can think of. Like, people who smoke weed, it, it can be addicting. Although it's not the traditional sense of, like, harder drugs. You uh -huh. know what I mean? There's there's sex addiction. There's, there, there's addiction to most anything that you can think of, to be honest. But don't you think but, that the illiteracy is caused by those kinds of sciences pushing for those things and making it more of a political move rather than an educational move? Yeah, no, yeah. Um, it, it's 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 just not good science. It just isn't. Uh, it it needs to be done. It has to be done more professionally because that just sounds like it. It just sounds like they're taking information from the news and being like, oh wait, this we we didn't publish this. We should just publish this really quickly just so uh, everyone's happy. It's to make everyone happy. It's not it's not real science. It's difficult. It's, it's a very oh, – let me pose this question to you because you brought news. What do you think in your opinion is the thing that's causing a lot of illiteracy in the public? What's the cause from what you see, you've seen? Um, I would honestly – I would say it's just not interesting. Like we're – we have in, – in our hands right now, every single one of us, we have – more technology in our hands than we did in the entire space mission to Mars, to Mars, to move to the moon. To, the <laughs> to Mars, <laughs> we we have there's more technology in our smartphones than they had to send a man to the moon, mm -hmm. and we have so much information that comes with it that I mean, would we would we rather okay let, let's go back to Fortnite? Would we rather play Fortnite or would we want to read a boring news article? I'd rather play science? Rainbow Six Siege. There you go. I mean, it, it's, it, it needs to be more, again, it needs to be more palatable. Like, uh -huh. we're not going to see, our next generation, we're, we're not going to see people who are actively seeking things out. Like, the average the average person is not going to actively seek this out. Because why should they? Why should they care? No, oh, yeah. I mean, they should care. Yeah. But what's the incentive for them? Oh, I know a little bit more. Who cares? I'm, I'm, I can put on, I can play Animal Crossing right now if I wanted to. Like, that's, it's easy. I don't. It's easy and it's fun. Okay, so the, the thing that we need to avoid is calling our audience stupid. We can't say that because <laughs> they're not. Like, oh, I'm not, uh, I'm <laughs> first off, I'm calling, I'm, I'm stupid. See, uh, <laughs> I'm stupid. All right? Oh, so, my God. I think, I think everyone has that in them where it's like, why? Uh -huh. you know, why should I? It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier said than done. Yeah. So I'm going to add on a little bit to that because you are right. It's it's the uninteresting form factor of how science is basically given to the public. That is what's basically kind of causing the illiteracy to happen. I also want to add on that it's media that's spreading false information that allows the illiteracy to basically grow more in the community. People are so comfortable. Yes. I, 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 let me rephrase that. 
there are individuals out there that are extremely comfortable finding their sources of information through one source. Excuse me, let me yes. rephrase that. They're comfortable finding their information using one source of media. That's it. The and, thing I mean to add on top of that, Fox News is the number one news network in the United States. Uh-huh. That should say something. I mean that doesn't mean anything. Because if they're number one, it just means that most people are listening to them. But it doesn't necessarily mean that those individuals that are listening to them are not also looking up some other stuff, you know? That whole labeling thing is just stupid. Really? Yeah, I yeah, uh, I think so. Anyways, I, I think so. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. Um again, I think we should there there needs to be a revolution of technology and information. Uh-huh. Like what well, this isn't working. We're giving we're giving a platform to people who should not have it. We're giving like we said like flat earthers. Like to be honest, there's so little of a population of flat earthers that exists. We shouldn't even be hearing from them. Go back to what we you just said. We shouldn't be hearing from people with the anti-vax. We shouldn't be hearing. There's so myth. There's so little. Go back to what you just said, Chris. With the Fox News. No. That's what I'm saying. Like, no, 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 no. You just said something that's 100% correct regarding this whole thing. You are giving individuals platforms that don't deserve it. That is key. You just basically said something that is 100% true. There are a lot of people out there that do have access to platforms that are essentially spreading false information. Can you think of the meme that most people go to when, they, when it comes to a big voice on the internet? Meme. I, you're, I'm shooting blanks right now. The water's turning the frogs gay. You ever heard about that? Uh, what's his, uh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Alex Jones, right? Yes. Yes. InfoWars. Yeah, yes. Yeah, InfoWars. So yeah. it's these individuals that are just going out there and saying stupid stuff that have no factual integrity and essentially making yeah. their public, you know, illiterate. Like, what? why? Why? Why, Chris? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lower your, lower your voice, Brian. I'm sorry. Uh, it's just... <laughs> no, I mean, again, like I said, like it's it's news that's it's. I'll give them this. It's palatable. It's people. It's understandable. Oh, water is turning, or water. What is it? Water is turning, turning the frog gay. gay. <laughs> I mean, it's understandable in that, like, like frame right there. If you say that and you move on to the next thing. No one's going to question you, because how could they? That's very shocking. Yeah. <laughs> to say the <laughs> least. Um, but it's, again, telling these listeners, water, is not tr- water does not turn frog- frogs gay. I don't, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's not necessarily true. Um, but, I mean, with Alex Jones, he's been profiting a lot lately. Like, he's he promoted a false cure to COVID-19 with using this... Uh, silver toothpaste. He said, "Oh, take this toothpaste; it'll cure you from COVID-19." Is that dumbass still That's... around? Yes, he is. Oh, I I stopped paying attention. He did that. So he did that. He's making money off of it from these people who think that that's going to work and it's not. And that's definitely going to kill someone because of that. They're going to be like, "Oh, uh, I'm going to take this toothpaste. I don't need medical care. I'm just going to keep taking this." And that's that's killing people. And he's making money off of this. Everyone should understand that, that it's to that level. People are dying because of this. Okay. So let me ask this to you then, since we've got about 15 minutes left on this episode. What can we do or what can the people with these platforms essentially do to help erase illiteracy from the public? That is I think uh, I think everyone is asking themselves that. Um, yeah, but there's an ac- there's answers to it. I I think I have a solution. I, it might not be the best solution, but I think that there is a solution. <laughs> <laughs> no, this um, is where you come in, Chris, and say like, yeah, you're always wrong, anyways. So, yeah, you know. <laughs> I, I just, <laughs> took the words out of my mouth. No, I I think I think uh, I think the arts 
I think art should have a hand in this now. Like, I think we've been, I think information has been straying away from arts for so long that art, art, like songs and poetry and all that, like, I think we should have a hand in that. I think we should add more science into that. I don't know if that sounds, no. sounds kind of nerdy to No, no, honest, no, it makes sense. But at the same time, like, it's how we communicate. It's how we love. It's how it's what we listen to make ourselves feel better and to give us hope and or make us feel sad or mad. It's it's beautiful. It's what makes I th- for me art is what makes me feel alive. That is and that's, I think yeah. I think we need to add stories of we need to add that because I know let's let's put in Kendrick Lamar. He adds. He's so damn beautiful. Um, he he puts in right, stories Chris, of his old of his old life and life in Compton, and him trying to escape it at the same time. Not just he's kind of stuck. Like he he wants to leave it, but at the same time, it's kind of like that's all he's ever known. But at the same time, he also wants to promote change, and. Science needs that. Like, I think science needs a little bit of humanity in it. You know, it's kind of, like I I never really found a way to phrase what you just said, and I think that you explained it perfectly. I didn't think about that. That's actually pretty cool, because I think that there are formats of media out there that are already doing it. Not necessarily in ways that could benefit society, you know, one hundred percent. But I'll give you an example. You play Animal Crossing, right? Of course. So do you remember when the public, that, that audience that played Animal Crossing, discovered the oarfish? Yes. Okay. Did you pay attention at all how the audience reacted? No. Okay. So I found it funny. I was I was, I was, I was busy playing Animal Crossing. So. Oh, okay. You're, you're, you're distracted. <laughs> Either I spent way too much time on the internet or and got nothing else to do or I just run into these things like – spontaneously but i was browsing reddit and i follow one of the animal crossing pages i follow like two or three of them and i found it really funny because i think it was around the first couple of weeks that i had animal crossing and my girlfriend like jumped into it she got an oarfish and she's like whoa look at this big fish it's so cool and all this stuff and i'm like yeah you know the fish exists right and she's like what and i showed her photos and a video that i found on reddit of an actual oarfish in the water. They were trying to save it because it was beached, and so they, like, pushed it out and essentially, you know, got back into the ocean. But she didn't know that the oarfish was an actual fish. And then all of a sudden afterwards, more people started catching oarfishes, so it became a thing that people started to share. Look at this oarfish, the photo of this person getting this oarfish. Look at this oarfish in its natural, natural habitat, so on and so forth. Animal Crossing has shown to be that video game that kind of encourages individuals to look more into the stuff that they put into. And they do a really damn good job about it. Um, Did you know that the zebrafish is one of the few fish that isn't held on its side, but it's held from its stomach when they showcase it? See, I didn't know that. See, do you know why, though? No. Because its fins are poisonous. So they didn't make any sense for the character to grab it from its side so that it can get fricked. It holds it from its belly to showcase it when it captures it. And that attention oh, wow. to detail is what encourages individuals to essentially look up. I'll give you another another franchise, Assassin's Creed. You ever played the Assassin's Creed games? Of course. They're okay. incredible. So how many times have you found yourself not not like how many times have you found yourself looking into the things that they put into the games? Honestly, it, uh, those games have gotten so detailed to the point where they, they have, like, enough information to, like, go with it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, I mean, I could just spend hours playing that game and, like, not even doing it. Just, like, exploring. Like, not killing anything, not not trying to do any missions. Just looking at the buildings and, like, reading the description that comes along with it. Yeah. Like, and it's beautiful. It's amazing because it's, it, it's so fun. Like, it's kind of like a virtual, like, museum Oh, the actual place. Yes. Yes. Um, did you hear about how they are using Assassin's Creed Unity to essentially restructure the Notre Dame after it burned down? 
Yes, I heard that. Yeah, okay. that's so incredible. That's the stuff that I'm talking about is that they're using other forms. Like they're using that sort of stuff that is just, you know, given to the public normally that people don't necessarily look that deep into and then using that to educate the public about certain things. We can do that with sciences and health. There is a way to do it. And if Assassin's Creed is doing it correctly, because which ones have you played? Have you played like a majority of them or no? No, I only played uh, Unity. Uh, I have Assassin's Creed 3, but I haven't gotten around to play it. Okay. And I played uh, Odyssey. Odyssey was fun. Okay. So Unity Unity has – I haven't played Unity because of all the bugs. I didn't really want to touch that as much. But I yeah. played through 1, 2, 3, and I couldn't really get into 4 because I didn't really care for the characters. But that – like I, I every time I played 2, because 2 is the one that I remember the most, I always found myself going back and researching it. And learning about the Renaissance era and, you know, wanting to know more about it. That's what I feel, just like you said earlier, that they should be implementing certain sciences and kind of voluntarily encouraging people to look up more stuff. How many times have you found yourself listening to – you said Kendrick Lamar, right? Let's say that Kendrick Lamar, he releases an album. And then all of a sudden, Kendrick Lamar goes out and says, like, oh, yeah, I um, I don't know, comes out and says that he does something about his health. How many times do you find yourself going and looking into how that benefits him as an individual after they've said something like that? Wait, say that again. Because so it, an artist that you like, an artist or whatever, they come out and they essentially say, okay, you know what? This is what I do. Uh, on, on a daily living thing, this is how I like focus my like mental health to better myself for when I actually go and record. Um, this is what I do. How many times do you find yourself going after listening to that, looking up the stuff? Oh, every time. Exactly. People yeah. should. That is an easy method of distribution on you know sciences and health. If we can yeah. find a format, you've said it perfectly. I don't think I can add more to it. If we can find a way to essentially integrate health literacy and science literacy into the arts, I think it'd make it ten times easier for the public to listen to. Yes. Yes, one hundred percent. But I also I don't want to add one thing. Oh I feel God. it's not negative, Chris. <laughs> it's not going to fight you. All right, Jesus. <laughs> I think we spent a good like fifteen minutes of this podcast just bickering back and forth. Like <laughs> this we're is the episode the that people we're wanted. Just giving the listeners what they want. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, to wrap up the points that we're trying to get to, because we're gonna hit the hour mark. Um, I want to say that even though, because you 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 look scared, like you sounded a little bit scared. Me calling out who? I think it's important <laughs> for individuals to essentially call out the media formats or the media sources that aren't doing a good enough job spreading the information that's important because there is a lot of media out there that essentially just spreads false information and doesn't do anything for the science and health community when it comes to covid there are important things that the cdc and who have encouraged individuals to do to lower the casualty rate and the spread of it but then media comes out and they start reporting things like oh these individuals aren't wearing masks in stores and then provide no context to it they just simply put it out there and so by just doing that they essentially encourage small groups to just kind of act the same way they're all of a sudden giving the small groups voices that aren't necessarily that shouldn't necessarily be given to them does that make any sense at all am i making sense or am i blabbing on no you're, you're making sense you're making sense okay so in terms of that in order for science and health literacy to essentially grow and become better in our community, especially in an era where we have easily accessible information because of the internet, platforms should be doing their job and essentially help the good spread of information. If a news outlet is going to report on something that happened individuals are no longer going into the store with masks on in terms of or to protest the whole corona lockdown stuff instead of just reporting that how about integrate some sort of factual information afterwards and make your reporters and journalists give them a little more work because that's what they should be doing i mean 
when you watch YouTube, have you noticed that any video that has the mention of Corona essentially has a little snippet at the end or at the bottom where the description is that says, if you want more information about uh, COVID, uh, please look up CDC or whatever? Yes. Okay. That's what should be doing. That's what the media should be doing. Yes. But there's they, don't, what, they don't do that's it. That's what we're going to be doing at the end of this episode. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to be in the description. And I think, granted... I don't think the channel is a big enough channel yet to encourage YouTube to put that in the background. But we've talked about Corona. And honestly, I'm again, this podcast isn't essentially to inform individuals. These are two people just talking, having conversations, and encouraging others to have conversations. In no ways do I actually think that what we're doing is factually correct. It's basically what we think of, and we want to try to better and educate the listeners and educate the public essentially with our thoughts, you know? Yes. yes. So there should be other formats of fact-checking, of making sure that what we're saying is true. And I think that YouTube is good, doing a good enough job that other formats should follow suit to encourage the literacy, the growth of literacy in the community. That's actually a good point. Um, actually, I think it was yesterday that uh, Twitter's actually putting uh, false information claims on on a lot of uh, tweets, including Donald Trump's. He actually was saying that uh, mail-in ballots were going to be corruptible and the Democrats were going to uh, try to manipulate the ballots to influence the election. And yeah. they, on the bottom, it said, had like a uh, link saying, oh, here's the information saying why this is false. And you click on it, and it was saying, oh, the uh, mail-in ballots have been around since the Civil War. There's never been an instance for mail-in ballots being corrupted like that. Even when ballots have been corrupted, there's a very, very small population, like, percentage that have been um, not unusable. So, I mean, like, it's there. It's going there. And I would, like we said, uh, we're trying to encourage the listeners to be more... Um, Scientifically literate, uh, literate, uh, literal or illiterate, that liberal side of you is coming out. That's why you (laughs) wanted to integrate that in there. Don't forget guys. I'm a liberal. Don't call me me a liberal. (laughs) Call me a hard left. Um, no, um, for our listeners, I, I think it's up to you guys. Every single one of us has to do our part. Um, and try to stay sane in these hard times and have hope and have fun, enjoy yourselves as much as you can and just just try to stay, like we said, literate because it's, it's every single one of us that make, that make up the majority. Yes. And we have that. Uh, we, need to be, uh, we need to be in solidarity with that. Yeah, 100% true. 100% true. I think that's a good way to end this episode. I don't think there's really much to discuss anymore, unless you got anything else to say, Chris. No, that's that's my last point. That was that was it. That was your closing thoughts, huh? Yeah. All right. So uh, <laughs> we'll try. <laughs> and I like how you were like, "Don't call me a liberal. Don't call me a liberal." But the last <laughs> podcast, you straight up like said that I wasn't even a moderate. You're trying to call me out on like, "Oh, you're more conservative than anything, buddy." You shut the hell up, right? If you can that's call me that. Conversation. That's, that's <laughs> episode 13 of drinking matters we'll make that the bad luck number it's just going to be you and me just going at it politically and going like see this is why you're a socialist liberal chris and this honestly, is why you're wrong. honestly we'll just we'll just record us this fighting at the end of it i think that's just <laughs> that would be a good ending for that yeah we'll get imagine the listeners will get Oh my right. god. Are you kidding Anyways. me? This would be the first video. What was it? The video that I got like a couple thumbs down. I don't think it was yours. I think yours was like still at 100% like uh likes. I'm trying to remember which one. Um Oh, it was the um the episode that I had Andy on uh where we discussed uh the hypocritical is or how hypocritical that are pro how hypocritical people are who are protesting against the corona lockdowns i got two mm. dislikes on that first nice. first podcast i got two dislikes on and i'm assuming it's because probably whoever listened or someone didn't listen and they just clicked on it and was like nope this bitch is gonna get a thumbs down immediately right then and there 
So I, I, you know what? I'd laugh because I think that if you and I actually talked politics and like actually discussed where we placed and certain stuff, we'd probably get a couple dislikes because people would be like, why are these two idiots talking about it? They don't even know what they're talking about. They're not even political science majors. It's a psychologist and a health science major. This guy thinks he's a socialist liberal. Nah, he's not a socialist liberal. <laughs> All right. So um, do you have anything that maybe you want to include? Uh, in terms of where people can find information regarding this sort of stuff off the top of your head, or should we just leave it at the end of the description? The description. The description uh, below. will be in the description below. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to plug in before we say our goodbyes? Uh, no. I mean, just, just stay safe, guys. Uh, have hope. We're going to be all right. Look at this. We're almost over. Kind of. <laughs> States finally open up, guys. So, you know, states and the countries finally open up. They're finding ways to open up. Uh, so for our listeners, just to conclude, we'll go ahead and leave some information down in the description below in terms of, uh, you know, information about, you know, health and stuff. So we'll leave it down in the description below. I'll go ahead and link uh, some of Chris's socials as well down in the description. If you're listening through YouTube, uh, this podcast has been available on Spotify, so I'll leave a description as well. Jump on over, give me a follow, and if you're listening on Spotify, feel free to jump over to the YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button. Uh, leave comments as well if you guys want to have uh, any conversations with us or any questions regarding anything that we've discussed in past podcasts. Feel free to do so. I'll give them to the uh, guests that come on in. Uh, and any recommendations of topics you guys want us to discuss, any guests, anything like that, feel free to leave them down below. Uh, but with that said, Chris, cheers to a good podcast, cheers. my friend. Yes. Cheers. Thank you so much for being on this episode, Chris. Really appreciate it every time you come in and you actually provide some really fantastic uh, pieces of discussion, even though we try our hardest not to bicker and somehow always end up bickering. So feel free to come on some other time, and I will. I will invite you as many times as I need to, Chris, just because it's always interesting talking with you about this sort of stuff. Likewise, likewise. With that said, thank you so much, listeners, for listening to this episode of Drinking Matters. My name is Brian. This is Chris. We'll see you in the next episode. Take care. <laughs>